Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fugue for Thought, the podcast. I'm Alan, and you might have noticed that episodes are not coming up as frequently as they have been in the past. Um, I might only be uploading new episodes every three weeks, two if I can, um, but they are still coming. I have um, lots of stuff that I haven't edited and fixed yet, so there's still lots of stuff to come and more to prepare and record, uh, but be on the lookout because they will be uh, new updates, but uh, maybe just not as frequently. Today is part two of a conversation I had with cellist Carmine Miranda. Um, the first part was called Schumann's Sentimental Cipher. As you might have been able to tell with past episodes, I adore alliteration. Today's conversation is not really part two of the Schumann discussion. Um, Mr. Miranda has recently, just recently, uh, released an album of the Schumann and Dvorak cello concertos uh, being recorded with the Moravian Philharmonic, and it is a wonderful album. About a month ago, Carmine and I had a conversation, uh, the first part of which has already been uploaded. It's about the Schumann concerto, Schumann's sentimental cipher. Uh, and we talked about his interpretation of the work, his thoughts behind it, and how uh, what he discovered informed that interpretation. The other half of the album is the Dvorak Cello Concerto, and so in this part of the conversation, the latter half of our chat, we continued to talk about that as well as the recording process. I have had the privilege of hearing the whole album and listening to both works, and they are wonderful. Um, as mentioned in the previous episode, and I believe in this one as well, uh, Carmine tells me that the album is basically available everywhere music is sold. Uh, physically, digitally, or anything else. So uh, do check it out, and let's get to listening. So um, the the other part of of this album that's uh, that's being released is kind of a far more, I guess uh, you'd call it, I don't know, famous or or well accepted or you know more welcomed part of the of the cello repertoire is the the Dvorak concerto. Right, and and maybe one of the most famous. Uh, concertos for cello yeah correct um how does it how does it differ from from the schumann obviously in, in many ways obviously um but but you know if it had to be a, a, a simple answer well it, it, the, the, the answer you're asking me a complex <laughs> believe it or not it's a complex question because uh both pieces actually have a lot of similarities and uh and and they're dissimilar in, in, in many other ways uh the the, the is different from the schumann uh, in, in the fact that the orchestration itself, although the instrumentation is not com not comparable, but it's kind of similar. Um, the the Vortec has a very heavy. It, it comes from a heavier uh, symphonic, uh, you know, orchestration where Schumann where Schumann writes writes the piece, uh, you know, in a in a lighter orchestration structure. Where right. where the cello has more room to uh, you know to uh, well, it's more yeah more exposed. Sure. The remarkable thing about the Vorjek concerto is this: is the fact that the orchestration is so heavy. It's basically a symphony. It's basically a symphony plus solo cello, and is the remarkable uh, control that he had over uh, or knowledge over each you know instrument you know orchestra, including the the, the solo cello, to be able to write. In, in the right registers in the instrument where he would pair sure. them with other, you know, with 
press and so on and so forth, where the, the, the chiller can cut through uh, at all times. And and it's a, it's a work that comes. You mentioned the you mentioned the Ninth Symphony. It's a work that comes from right around the same period as as the New World Symphony. Is that correct? I, I seem to remember that. That that's correct. But I have to add that um, I guess people make the, uh, the the mistake, in my opinion, of, of pairing it with the New World Symphony. And I think that Dvorak uh, had you know when he wrote the Cello Concerto had a, a different. Uh, a mindset than oh, when yeah? he wrote the, yeah, the New World Symphony. Well, you know, Borjak was in the United States during that time of right. writing of writing both. Uh, I think it was, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was uh, during 1892 until, uh, yeah, 1892 until 1895. That's uh, how many years Borjak spent in the United States. And I think during um, 1894 and 1895, so he spent a year, I think, I, I could be wrong, but he spent a year as the um, uh, director of the uh, National Conservatory in New York City. Right. So this was towards the, the later um, part of him being in the United States. Now, during his stay in the States, Dvorak traveled vastly throughout the, the, the United States, which that's even remarkable to me alone, you know, the, the fact that he was able to travel that far. Um, and um, in my opinion, he contributed, he was one of the composers that contributed towards giving the, the States a sense of musical identity. Right. Uh, since he he was so fond, since, since he was a little kid, Dvorak uh, was very fond of of you know of folk music, and he was in contact with many different um, cultures: uh, Italians, Germans, French people. Uh, you know that that would pass by his dad's butcher shop where he worked at, right? And uh, you know, and then he would hear you know. Uh, and I'm saying this because I'm Italian too, you know. But we Italians were a little bit, we tend to we, we tend to have this affinity towards drama, and uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and 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 so musically, you know, we uh, uh, I'm sure you know there were a couple of Italians who were singing, you know, and uh, you know when immigrants and so on and so forth, and then the, the project, you know, basically got, as a little kid got in in in. Um, in touch with many different, uh, was able to experience um, many different cultures, you know, right. by, by these immigrants, you know, these travelers that will pass by the, uh, the, uh, the Czech Republic. And the Czech Republic itself is a country that is very interesting, you know, very, very strategically placed in, in Europe, where it's in the middle of, of everything. Does it make sense? Yep. And uh, in my opinion, this was a very important time for for, for Vorjek, since our childhood is what essentially shapes us, right, as as, uh, as human beings. And, and sure. so due to this, Vorjek had always a fascination for, you know, folk music and understanding what made, you know, what was the essence of, of a country, of a certain nationality. Right, when and picking came, up on those things. Right, and picking up on these things. So when he came to the United States... You know, by that time, the, the state still had this. Um, yeah, sure, they were composers here, but um, 
but it, it was European music. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything um, individual. Individual, typical to this particular nation, due to right. the fact that this is this is a country that was founded on, on immigration. You know, so um, what Borjek did is he he went down and, and deep to to the roots of the country. He went to uh, the, uh, the the Native Americans, and uh, and he he had this, this great fascination for you know for their folk music and and um, and even African American spirituals as well. Right. So you know he traveled. He he gathered all this knowledge. He you know part of the Ninth Symphony was was influenced by this. But then by 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 the time uh, you know he and you know by by that last year you know that he or you know a couple of last couple of years that he was here you know he started really uh, missing his his country and 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 you know he really wanted to go back. You know he, he started getting this. Um, uh, how do you call it? This um, homesickness. Yeah, homesickness. Yeah. That's what he was looking for. And so he was getting very homesick. And and this is when he wrote the uh, the cello concerto. So the cello concerto is is mostly powered by his uh, homesickness of his country and 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 in Europe and so on and so forth. So this is a piece that is uh, heavily influenced by that. Heavily influenced by uh, uh, an array of different nationalities and, and musical cultures, primarily Czech, Slavic, and Romani. Uh, but, but uh, you know, there's, there's also some, uh, some Italian in there and, and, sure. and, and proper, you know, it, it's just a, a, a big roller coaster, you know, from beginning to end. The Definitely. Piece, it has, you know, a variety of, of nationalities and, you know, it, it ups and downs. If, if you can call it like for that. sure and so it's different it is I, I i guess i can i can see that what you're saying that um the works that people associate with dvorak's time in america are the ninth symphony uh you know from the new world the 12th quartet the american quartet um, right. and and the cello concerto but the cello concerto doesn't have the kind of um kind of folk harmony spiritual sound that like the the slow movement of the you know the new world symphony does it's very right. much it's it's a much kind of bolder very rich very european kind of folk. yeah yeah you know mainly powered mainly powered by his you know czechoslovakian uh slavic slash romani roots you know and and that's what that's what uh, you know powers his uh his his piece so so i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't include it yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it was a, a piece that was written here, where he started writing it here, but I, I would not pair it with, you know, with the other American works due to the fact that this was, in my opinion, you know, mostly powered by his, his homesickness. He was just, you know, homesick. Sure. And I guess you can kind of hear some of that in the work, too. It has lots of... Um it has a certain longing in it that's different than the Schumann, you know, for his wife. It's a longing for kind of his, his people, his home. Exactly. Exactly. And so what's it, what's it like then? Um, cause, cause you know, I, I do not play the cello, but listening to the, listening to the Dvorak, it sounds, um, formidable. It sounds like an intimidating piece to play. Not at all. In, in really? my opinion. Yeah. Really? I, well, this is my opinion. Not at all. I, I think that, um, and, and I, I don't mean to sound, you know, arrogant or anything like that, but I think that, um, at least for me, this is my my way of thinking when it comes to cello playing. Look, te technical things. Number one, technique comes after the music. So technique always follows what has been written. And sure. uh, what 
you know, what makes a good cellist is is his understand or good is instrumentalist is their understanding of of the music and their understanding of the instrument itself. So if if you have a good uh, technical structure schooling, uh, you know the, the the piece is not. I guess is this whole thing about the difficulty of it is, in my opinion, is just way over romanticized. You know, <laughs> you you have nowadays kids that you know I don't know you know I, I've I've heard twelve year olds you know playing this piece. <laughs> really, I, I started playing this piece when I was thirteen. So so it's to me the difficulty of it is is retaining. Uh, a great deal of stamina that that's where the difficulty sure. comes from. okay you know yep. the, well the, the the musicality well it is basically the same as the schumann or the same as any other piece that that i that i would interpret you know it it, it, it relies on understanding what goes beyond the uh, the music but also with this particular piece i mean this is a this is a piece that requires some muscle you know from the, sure. from the yeah, it sounds like it and and you know the uh, you know the cellist is playing uh, constantly for just about 40 minutes uh, over 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 a, a, a symphony and so when you're performing this you, you know the cello has to be able to be heard and uh, and uh, there is a constant change of melodic material uh, you know it, and this is where the, the nationality thing that I'm talking about comes from you know sometimes uh, we're, we're we're playing a Czech melody but then sometimes you know he does a variation of on the melody that is quite Romani in character and so on and so forth Sure. But at least for me, the uh, the the uh, the difficulty of it is is retaining the stamina. You know, the stamina to play and and the uh, you know the energy, constantly keeping you know the energy that the piece requires throughout uh, the entirety of a work, nonstop for forty five minutes. Right, right, correct. And you do. It's almost it's almost nonstop for the whole piece, right? Aside from kind of the introduction before the right. before you enter, and then it's. Right, which is, I think, one of the reasons why this piece has also become so popular, not only from an orchestration standpoint and the fact that Dvorak really, really understood, you know, he had an advantage because he was a violist. So, oh, right. you know, as a violist, he, he, he also understood how the cello, you know, worked. Um, he also got a little bit of help by Brahms. Brahms uh, helped to um, revise, you know, the score for, for, you know, the orchestration for the Warjack. Right. Uh, so this is, you know, one of the reasons why, but also this, you know, that it's a piece, you know, it's a, you know, it's a manly piece, you know, and so for, for a lot of people, it makes you feel like you're, you know, when you're playing it, you're on top of a world, you know, when you finish it, it's just like, uh, yeah. you know, you just went through a, a, a marathon, you know. And so it has a lot of different, you know, there are a lot of different reasons why the piece is, is popular, but I would say this is one of those, you know? It's a work that maybe in, in some ways different from the Schumann, like you said, where some people maybe find it difficult to understand or find it strange. I think the, the Dvorak is kind of a, it's a crowd pleaser. It's, it's something that is very easy to, to understand and listen to and, and be moved by. Well, I, I wouldn't say that, I mean, it's a, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. That depends on the interpretation. Uh, and the crowd, the, I guess. <laughs> uh, the, the crowd, you know. But uh, I would say that you know, just one comes from a a, a more heavier, you know. It's it's like comparing a stew versus a soup, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Speaking of speaking of Brahms too, I I, I want to say that. 
didn't he make some comment about after having you know helped help Dvorak revise the piece and then hear it? Didn't I want to say he made some comment about the Dvorak cello right. concerto, having said that yeah, you know, after, after, after you could made written a cello right. concerto like that, right? Is that was that him? Yeah, that was Brahms. Yeah, the, the, he he said that after you know after hearing the the the, the cello concerto, he he remarked about you know how how didn't I you know come up with something like this you know which is it's a very good yeah it's a very huge compliment (laughs) and and uh but brahms was a gosh you know brahms was a a a very nice guy and 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 brahms uh on top of everything that he was doing you know he always found time to help help people out you know he he was very gracious to the schumann family as 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 much as he was with vorjak you know he revised a couple of vorjak's scores and you know, well, you know, I guess he he wrote the 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 violin cello double concerto. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, but uh, but yeah, he he did remark that, and I find that quite quite remarkable too. It's a it's a quite a compliment coming from Brahms. Uh, and what was how many how many years apart? When was the Brahms uh, work finished? It would have been much earlier, much earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was definitely much earlier. But he he always you know remarked about about this you know that that he he wanted to write a child concerto after he he, he heard Dvorak and and so what um with with a work like like the Dvorak that that um you know I don't know who what what, what of the famous cellists has not recorded a, a a version of this work Jacqueline Dupree and what do you how do you approach um a work like this that's been recorded so many times if if the Schumann you know, we say the programmer, the insight into it was was his focus on on Clara. Then, then for Dvorak, is it it's homesickness, or is it what is it that that kind of what was your thought on the work? My thought on the work is that Dvorak focused on two things: homesickness and folklore. Sure. And 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 he includes these two things in in a uh, you know look. Dvorak was a a very s- simple man in his way of lifestyle. Sure. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he wasn't, you know, a, 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 he was a great genius. You know, he had a great mind and and uh, and was very very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable person. And so there is there is this this uh, this constant thing between simplicity, you know, and simplicity that that creates complexity. Right. Uh, and so this this is my my this was my approach. My approach was on on focusing on on the score and what I think the score calls for, and what you know the board might have wanted you know from 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 the the, the cellist when he wrote this piece you know which is a symphonic work that uh, includes a solo cellist and includes elements of folklore and homesickness to it. Sure. Uh, uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, some some elements of plot and so on and so forth. But but that's the, the 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 main focus. I mean, my main focus is always, uh, you know, trying to be as true as I can, as I possibly can, to what the composer wrote, and 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 this ability to go beyond what's written, you know, in in a in a in a two dimensional plane, which is a, a sheet of music. Right, and and is it intimidating to 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 try your hand to to contribute to to the recordings of a piece that you know Jacqueline Dupree and Rostropovich and every other cellist has um, you know has given a reading of? Is there any pressure in that? Not at all, not at all. At least not for me, because uh, like I explained before, this is 
I don't know, maybe because I come from a different, uh, maybe I have a different relationship with the piece. This uh-huh. is one of the first pieces I've ever heard. Right. You know, for solo and orchestra. So I've always, you know, I've always been fascinated by this piece. And this is the, the piece that made me want to become a cellist. And, um, you know, I think that the beauty of what we do as performers, because I guess fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. But uh, back in the day, you know, performance and composition were mutually related. So, you know, typically performers would uh, compose and write their own music and perform their own music the the same way that 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 happens in in pop music today. Sure. You know, Uh, but, you know, throughout time, these two things basically split up where performers only dedicate towards, uh, you know, perfecting composers' works and then composers write for performers and so on and so forth. Right. So I I think that the beauty of of being a classical musician and a performer is the fact that everybody, uh, you know, everybody is, is, is different and everybody experiences the world in, in, in different ways. Sure. Um, and, and so the, the, the beauty of this is, is to, you know, why do you, why should you hear, you know, a piece has been recorded so many times in, you know, the, the, the same way. And, and uh, if, if there is something different to, you know, to contribute to when it comes to interpretation of a work that's been recorded many times, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. You know, I want, you know, I don't want to hear the same guy play the same thing. You know, I, I like to hear different people, what different people have to say about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so, so the, it, the work doesn't mean to anyone else what it means to you. And so that's, that's a, a personal kind of a special relationship. Well, I mean, it's, it's a personal relationship, but, but at the same time, it's, it's just, uh, in my opinion, it's beautiful to, to see this work being performed by many, many different people. That way you see what many people, you know, many uh, other uh, artists have uh, to say what their voice is. There are there people that that uh, there are artists that's you know that have a very similar interpretation, but yet there are artists that uh, have very diverse ones. And and I and I like the diversity. Sure, no, very well said. And, and it's also a, a, a very good way of um, keeping the the work alive. You know, keeping this craft alive. And right. on top of everything, this this particular record is at least, you know, to us is special because it was recorded with, uh, you know, some of the, the best top of the line equipment. Uh, I don't know how, God, there is a huge list of people that worked in, you know, into, into this recording to, to, to make this, this, this whole project possible. And so you're also getting an improvement in the audio quality, you know, that, that, that we were looking for, we were looking for a, a way of conveying, you know, a feeling of, gosh, you know, what, what would it feel like? To, to be, you know, in, in the middle of this, you know, in, in the middle of this symphony and, and hearing, you know, getting, you know, feeling this, this energy, this energy that the orchestra has. I mean, the orchestra that, that I played with, the, these guys, you know, the Czechs, they know the Vorjak. Well, that's what I was going to ask, because it seems like a very suitable piece to play where you played it. <laughs> right, right. Which, I mean, it was, a, to me, it was a dream come true. Uh, I, I can tell you, right? I can tell you, yeah, the Moravian Philharmonic. I mean, there, there were times where, you know, it was very difficult for me to, to record this, not so much because of the playing, but, uh, you know, uh, honest to God, I, I would get the biggest chills from listening to, to these guys play, you know, their guy, you know what I mean? The, the, the Vorjak. 
Sure. There are times, and it's reflected in the recording. There's some sometimes that God, the brass players. I mean, they when they they had to play out, they could really play out, and it just gave me the biggest chills and and the vibe that that these these guys, you know, uh, transmitted as well as my own and this 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 um collaboration. You know, a person that was born in Venezuela, uh, but uh, is is an Italian and lives in the United States, but is performing a Czechoslovakian piece, and you know, and it's performing a piece. Of, of their their own guy and so yeah. this 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 you know um how do you call it this uh, uh great uh, collaboration that we had between uh, the conductor the orchestra and myself uh, you know the whole time i was just getting chills you know i had to control myself and really you know focus because of of, of how well these guys really played this piece you know they really out of and I'm not saying it because it's our recording, but but you know, out of all recordings that I've heard, uh, these this orchestra really really understands the Vorjak. You know, but that's what I wanted to ask because because it seemed like a very suitable place place to be recording Dvorak. How how awesome to have well, and like you said, you yourself, um, uh, European South American living in America. Does does that not have some kind of you know help you understand a little bit of Dvorak's kind yeah, of yeah, international yeah, that's a very, background? That's a, that's a very good point because I grew up, you know, I grew up listening to all kinds of music. The first record that I've ever heard was a, a, a vinyl that my my dad it was a single that my dad played <laughs> played to me, which was uh, Mr. Roboto by uh, Styx. Oh wow! You know, that was the very first record, <laughs> I, or at least that I remember ever hearing. You know. And so, you know, I, I come from a, a, a multicultural, multinational and uh, background, but also from a, uh, a diverse um, experience when it comes to, to music. And I've always sure. had a fascination for folk music. So uh, I, I do understand, you know, I do understand it. And, and also, you know, personal life experiences. I think I in my life I've experienced pretty much Every single emotion, uh, you know, a human being can experience, with the exception of of having a child. You know, the birth of a child, which is what I still have to experience. But all these things really, you know, help to, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, yeah, to, to put myself and you know in their shoes, and 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 I know where these guys are coming from. You know, I know where the Vorjak is coming from. I know where their you know tradition is coming from. I understand it, and and. You know, I try to embrace it and and become. That's that's the thing, right? That's what we performers are supposed to do. We're like actors in, in that way. Yeah. Okay, when, sure. when when I'm playing the Vorjak, I need to become a Czechoslovakian person. You know, when I'm playing <laughs> right. German, when I'm playing uh, Piatti, I'm Italian, which is easy for me, right? Because I'm Italian by itself. <laughs> sure. that, that's our role: is is to convey these things. Whenever we're playing these roles per se, you know, we should be able to understand, right, and get deep down to the heart and soul of, 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 of that particular country's music. Right, otherwise it's just an exercise. Otherwise it's just, yeah, otherwise you're just playing the notes. And so how did you get, how did you get connected with uh, the Moravian Philharmonic? Do you have, do you have uh, any kind of background or, or connection or experience with them or the conductor or? Well, um, this, this was a, this was a, a, a project that, that um, we've been talking about with, with Parma for, we were talking about with Parma recordings for a while and, and they, 
they showed interest in in in, in doing this project and and doing this performance with me and uh, but i had no prior um you know connection with the symphony as a matter of fact there were a couple of other places that we were uh, you know the, the orchestras that you know were interested in you know in doing this project one of them was in in latin america as well in venezuela and and you know this is what worked out and i'm I couldn't be any happier. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that everything worked out the way that it did. No, it I, sounds I, wonderful. You mentioned, um, you mentioned the kind of the, you know, the gear, the technology, all the approach to it. The Sonics are incredible. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the, um, just my microphones themselves, uh, you know, they were just $10,000, uh, microphones <laughs> you know, combined together, you um, know, it's a so great perspective. You have you have some you have you said you have some experience um, recording uh, solo the 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 box suites and then the piatti pieces. Um, right. What what was it? What's it like recording with you know what, what's the, the 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 Dvorak the ensemble for the Dvorak has to be a, an ensemble of what seventy or eighty people or more. It's a big it's a big group. What's mm-hmm. what's that like recording? The how long did it take to to get it all down and and to get through the process? Well. The difference between recording solo works and something with accompaniment is completely different because, uh, you know, that's a reason, there, there is a reason why I decided to, you know, release those solo recordings as one of my first things, you know, to introduce myself as a, as a recording artist in, into, into the, the music world. And, and this is because uh, when you're by yourself, uh, there is no support. There is nobody helping you out. You know, you're your own accompaniment. You're your own best friend and, and, and your own critic. And and this makes things the more difficult because you're just exposed and it's just yourself. Right. And and, and uh, so every little defect, every little thing can be heard. And and this is this is very 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 difficult to do. And it's even more difficult the way that I did it without any editings and, and you know. I remember that. That's right. I read that. Right. Well, you know, I, I come from an, an old school, uh, more old school mentality, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, re- recording and so on and so forth. But we, we can get right. into that some other time. But <laughs> when, when it comes to recording, you know, a piece with the orchestra, there is... Um, I don't want to say that it's easier to do, but uh, it definitely helps having, you know, having a, a great symphony behind you, you know, uh, essentially pumping you up throughout the entire, you know, and, 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 and supporting you throughout the entire, the, the entirety of, of, of the, of the process. Sure. Uh, believe it or not, we did not rehearse. So this recording was done with no rehearsing. Really? So we just sat down, I, I sat down, I sat down with the symphony uh, and, you know, the guys at the booth hit play and we just started, you know, uh, working on it. You know, we just started uh, recording right away. Wow. The, the, re- the reason why it worked out is because, you know, the conductor was a very good conductor, phenomenal conductor, a humble guy, very down to earth, which is the kind of people that I like to work with, you know. Must be, and, yeah, sure. And, um, you know, I sat down with him prior to, you know, a day before the recording happened. Uh, you know, we both went over the uh, the score. Uh, I, you know, we, we made a, a, a plan, which is, you know, I explained to him my my beliefs on the piece. I explained to him my belief on, 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 on Schumann, so on and so forth. You know, the same thing that I'm, that I'm talking to you right now. 
Right. Uh, and, 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 and we both understood each other, you know, from, from that first moment that, uh, that I was talking with him, I, I could tell, yeah, the, the guy knows his stuff, you know, uh, he, he, he really knows his stuff and, and this is going to be uh, smooth sailing. You know, it, it, it's when, you know, you're working with, with an ensemble or a conductor who, you know, or, or artists who, you know, they get their, their egos, you know, gets in, in the way of, of, of the music. For and sure. It wasn't the case, you know, in this experience. I mean, everybody, everybody was so gracious and they were so willing to, uh, you know, the orchestra was also aware, you know, of, of what I was doing. So every little thing in that recording is planned. It's very, very well planned. Uh, every every member in the symphony were aware. It's just they, they, they had the, the right training and, and musicianship and experience to, you know, to understand. You know, okay, we get we get what you know Carmine wants to do. I get what the orchestra wants to do. We'll find some middle ground, and that's what we did. You know, right? An, an um, understanding and a kind of a working toward a goal. Right, right. You know, an understanding which is essentially my under, my ideal was very similar to what what these guys were uh, their their ideals as well. Sure. Maybe it was a little bit of a shock at the beginning because you know everybody's used to hearing. You know these pieces play uh, a certain way. Mine was a little bit different than the norm, but once they they understood what I was what I was trying to do, it was uh, you know we we essentially recorded each piece uh, each day. So one day for each, uh, not not even a day. I mean one one uh, just a, a couple of hours for each piece, and that's it. You know, sat down, played, and and uh, and then uh, came back home. Wow, that seems so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fast and very, uh, um, uh, uh, how can you call it? How can you say this? Efficient? Uh, well, no, but, but um, uh, of course, there is a lot of room for, for things that can go wrong. Sure. So, so you have to be able to, fast. you know, in situations like that, you have to be able to, to think fast and, and, uh, and, and make the right decisions at the, at, at the right time. What was what was the recording location? Where did you guys record? It was in a, in in a town called Olomouc in the Czech Republic, and uh, the name of the hall was uh, Reduta Hall. In, in is, a concert hall. It was in a concert. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the the reverb, the the sounds that you're getting in the recording is not. You know, there's there's no artificial reverbs. There's nothing there. I mean, that's that's the sound of a concert hall right there. Wow. So that's that's all natural. Of course, you know, the, the recording went through a mastering process, and sure. you know, the levels were just slightly modified. But pretty much, it's a very very. I mean, that that what you hear in that particular record is is the natural sound of the symphony, my my instrument, and and, and the hall. Uh, it's a beautiful sound. It's very, very clear. That was really the first thing that I noticed because I've listened to the, I've heard the Dvorak, uh, uh, you know, many, many times. But the, the clarity and the, just the richness of the sound is wonderful. Right, and and that was another, you know, another thing that uh, I, I essentially oversaw the, the, you know, the whole, the the whole process, you know, the the miking and and and, but uh, you know, of course, you know, not not the miking per se, but you know, just I, I made sure you know, I have some experience as a uh, as a, a sound engineer myself, and uh, I I am a, um, a a producer as well on the side. Just not not many people know this, but I've I've been doing this for a long time, so I do have experience when it comes to you know sound engineering. Sure, so, which helps, I'm sure. 
we all worked. I mean, gosh, you know, me and 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 the especially the the the, the Parma team and their engineers and even even the uh, recording engineer. We we got some one of the best recording engineers in in the Czech Republic who so happens that his last name was also Dvorak. Oh you wow! Know, I found that very 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 cool. But uh, cool, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I oversaw the, the entire process and my, my, my whole thing was uh, when we did the mixing process is that I worked with the guys to do a mix that, uh, you know, where every single line can be heard. So, you know, no cheating, no uh, blurring out, you know, of, 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 of lines. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to get the, the uh, as, you know, a sound that was as realistic as possible to what you know, what uh, I experienced sitting down and, and, and performing with these guys. So a lot of work went into doing this. It sounds, um, it sounds very genuine. There's, there's some, some recordings of, of uh, you know, symphonies and other things where um, the, the ultimate result of the recording is, is, is a sound that's incredibly clear, but, but almost um, what I would kind of call overcooked. Like you can tell it's been, you know, right. Right. The, the, the audio. Yeah. The audio version of Photoshop. Well, the, the way I say it, I was just going to say that I literally just <laughs> all my words, you know? So, I, I, yeah, so I mean, it is like that. It is like, you know, it's like you, you have a, a woman, right? A girl. And, uh, you know, what you get on the magazine is that that's not how real women look like. Right. People and and so real life. Right. The result from from listening to the from listening to the album, and you know, I don't have, I don't have especially nice headphones or anything, but listening to the album was was much more like sitting in the perfect seat of the concert hall than it was, you know, a, 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 a fancy studio result or something. So yeah, that was that was really nice. Yeah, that was the idea. Only only that there was a lot of fancy equipment, wires and things. Oh no! I mean, you know, we really—I mean, I really made a case when 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 I decided to to go ahead and and, and take upon this this project. You know, with the with with Parma, you know, you really made a case with the guys. Either we do this right, or we don't do it at all. You sure. Know, I, you know, I don't want to do. Uh, you know, I don't want to put myself in a situation where you know I'm just gonna record the same the same stuff that 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 everybody has been doing. You know, either we do something with purpose, or or you know, we, or we don't. We don't, you know. Yeah. So um, everybody, everybody, everybody in, in in the team, even even in the design, my the, the photography. You know, the photographer made me look even, you know, better than how I look in person. You know? So so everybody, everybody that worked on this. I mean, this is not just my my work, you know, that sure. went into it. It's the work of of a, of a talented team of people who have been. Uh, who helped out make this uh, this project what it is? And and when did the recording take place? You said the album comes out in in June. How how long ago was the recording? Oh my gosh, I can't. You know, uh, it was done in during during the summer. It's, it's been a year actually. It's been a year since since uh, believe it or not. Oh wow. Okay. I think, I think if the recording comes out in June, then that would make it a year. So so it was done last year on uh during the summer it's amazing how time flies by but that, yeah, that's to show you the the amount of uh of work and literally like 90 percent of the work went into mixing and 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 um at times i made the uh the guys a little bit crazy because i'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to to sound you know so 
I wanted to get the mix just right. You know, the panning, like the panning of each instrument, the, you know, the way that the cello sat in relationship to the orchestra. You know, I didn't want the cello to just be, you know, okay, the cello plus the orchestra. I wanted it to be a complement, you know, complementary thing because that's what you get when when you do a, a, a performance, and that's what I try to convey always in my performances is, is chamber music on on just a, b a bigger scale. Sure. Uh, you know, the same the same method of thinking that you apply in a you know duo or a quartet is the same is the same mentality that you apply uh, with a symphony. Right. You know? And that's when the, the best results um, happen. But yeah, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of work and a lot of thought went into into getting this particular recording to where it is. I'm sure there are people who are gonna love it, and I'm sure there are people also who are gonna hate it. You, unfortunately, you can't please, yes. yeah. you know, everybody. But I, I, I am hoping, I am, I'm, I'm hoping, wishing that uh, at least you know everybody that, that that hears it can appreciate it and can at least. Uh, here, the amount of work and and love and effort that uh, you know dedication that went into into doing this. No, I was I was very glad to have um, to have heard both of the recordings. In fact, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I was I was a little bit I was a little bit skeptical um, at at first about like because because the previous some previous episodes and, and guests have been have been discussions of some not not more obscure some quite obscure. Uh, uh -huh. Recordings, or, or you know, different different pieces and things, and I thought, well, aren't these you know, aren't these aren't these pieces that like everyone knows? Yeah. I've I've heard them live, I've seen them live, I have recordings, and mm. um, I got the album, got a copy copy of the album from um, from from you and your folks. It's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> so so I was so so that was so that was the thing that that was I was uh, I was definitely sold. And um, and then had a chance to to read um, your your article on the on the Schumann and um, yeah it's it's wonderful stuff really wonderful so I'm I'm looking forward to um, to to the release uh, I'm we're we're sitting here now before June 10th um, what is coming up next any other big projects on uh, on the horizon for you uh, there 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 are lots of lots of things uh, very good things happening in the future which I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of these things I'm, I'm really not allowed to to talk about at the moment, but I uh, all, uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter and my website and so on and so forth. We'll be able to, uh, you know, to 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 get updates and and you know and, and, and see and hear what what you know what my future plans are going to be like and and performances as well. I know that starting in early I think early November. Uh, you know, I'll be in in Europe and and uh, some parts of the United States, but I, I can't tell you. You know, I can't tell you at the moment. I, I just sure, show yeah. up and, and, and play. You know, I just don't, don't like memorizing dates. I'm not good with dates and time. <laughs> that's that's spontaneous. That's a good way to keep it. So we can have, but we have all that information. Will be on your on your websites and things, folks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, um, I I will have to check out the your your previous two your solo albums because um i was i was very impressed with um with the the two concertos and it has been it's a pleasure to speak with you uh, yeah, the about, pleasure is all mine the pleasure is all mine so we'll we'll have to stay in touch then um new projects coming up and other things maybe we can chat about those um, absolutely really really cool what other just out of curiosity if um mm -hmm. 
other other we've we've talked about the Schumann the Dvorak. What other what other cello concertos are you interested in? Do you enjoy playing? Might be coming up in performances. Anything anything that um, that you particularly enjoy aside from those? Every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of Stephen Asurlis, when he was here, he came to Taiwan. It was. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, he played, I think, the second Kabalevsky concerto. Sure. I believe I believe was what it was. And then and then recently uh, I, I had a chance to hear the first Shostakovich. And I love I love both of his concertos. You know, not not necessarily feel-good works like the Schumann is. Um, you know, they're they're quite dark for since they're works of Shostakovich, but well, but, they're, they're just you know, Shostakovich you know, works like that, and especially with Shostakovich, they come from a different different place and and you know a, a different way of of uh showing pain and and uh right almost satire you know due to the the uh, polit- political so condition that, right 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 you know well very cool so um let's stay in touch yeah absolutely it's it's been a pleasure and i i wish you best of luck with well, uh with, with the podcast and uh I have to I have to tell you that uh, out of all the interviews that I've had so far, your yours uh, has been the, the best, <laughs> and uh, you rock, man. You know this this, this should be the, the ideal way of, of of talking about music. And, well, I hope so. There's um I think there's a lot of pretense kind of that goes with like you said earlier. Well, before before we started recording, Car- Carmen said um, some of the formality of interviews, you know, can get a little bit. Exhausting. exhausting exhausting or, or or kind of more in the way of it gets in the way of you know dialogue right right i just don't understand why people can't you know just um talk you know be just be simple you know just because we're classical musicians doesn't mean that uh, or at least for me i mean uh, it doesn't mean that it's rocket science sure or uh or we're like super uh, i'm super special i mean i'm just a uh, a guy like everybody else who happens to play the cello. Well, you know? and 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 also, I, I am not a music professional, so so this is about as complicated as it gets for me. You know, I, I I can't talk about technique and a lot of things, but but this is the kind of stuff that I'm uh, terribly interested in. So so conversations sure. like this are, are are wonderful. I I enjoyed it very much. Thanks so much. Likewise. for your time. Thank you, thank you, and best of luck with everything. It was a pleasure. Last question: Where can we get the album? when it comes out the album is going to be available everywhere it's going to be available uh in amazon.com itunes uh gosh uh spotify you know pretty much everybody everywhere you know if, if you have a favorite store uh online store or physical store uh, barnes and nobles is going to be uh carrying the album as well i think wow. target well uh, walmart i think might, might carry it i'm so not sure but everywhere <laughs> pretty much everywhere you know pretty much everywhere wherever your favorite store is you know, go get it. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So very good. I, and all of the, all of the, your information for, for links and things will, will be in the description. So check those out and um, we'll chat next time. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And my pleasure again. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that is it from my conversation with Mr. Carmine or Carmine Miranda. Um, you can look him up online, and I'm sure his new album will appear. Uh, it is titled Schumann Dvorak Concerti for Cello and Orchestra. Uh, look for that, again, like he says, pretty much anywhere where you can buy music. The Dvorak is 
an incredible concerto, and it's one that, as we talked about, so many people have recorded. Uh, this is a particularly fine recording. I enjoyed it very much. If you're not familiar with the Schumann, uh, then go check out the first of our episodes with Mr. Miranda, where we talked about that work itself, and you can understand a little bit of its background and why it's so significant and sentimental and what it means to the performer. You can find Carmine Miranda on Facebook, uh, his fan page there. You can find him at his website, www.carminemiranda.com, C-A-R-M-I-N-E, Miranda.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, and at www.fugueforthought.de, fugue, F-U-G-U-E. All of the links uh, for my sites and Carmine's and where to buy the album and all of that will be in the description of this episode. So check it out, share with your friends, enjoy the music, and stay tuned for more. Bye-bye. <laughs>